0: It all good. Sounds good to me. Hey, welcome to another exciting episode of the K Road Chronicles. We're closing in on a year now, aren't we, Dan?
1: Twelve months of podcasting.
0: Twelve months of podcasting every week. Look at us. I remember Yay in the us. beginning you
1: said that if you didn't do one a week, you would pay a hundred dollars to LifeWise or something.
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I haven't had to. <laughs>
1: that's what's keeping you going that's
0: what keeping us going and um keeping us going is regurgitating old content so um we have Aaron Aaron Hendry here from like when we met you were working for the LifeWise um youth advocacy you know like bro a, youth homelessness it's the thing
2: yeah yeah so so I've now um I started a new organization called Kickback and uh yeah we're all about kicking it back against some of those ho-ha narratives that are out there about our young people and still really focused on this copepa around solving ending preventing youth homelessness yeah because you know I mean
0: I mean I've had my time in the trenches on the streets but you know youth homelessness is hidden homelessness
2: yeah yeah um so much so that actually youth homelessness makes up one of the larger percentages of age groups, right? So young people, about 50% of all those who experience homelessness are rangatahi and tamariki, right? Which is, which is huge. And yet, if a 16-year-old is homeless tonight, there's far less support for them than there is for our adult whānau. And we know that even for our adult whānau, it's hard, right? Mm, totally. It's crazy.
0: And, and, and what are you doing on that face? Because when we were last talking, you were with LifeWise. Yeah. Um, but you acknowledged that you were still falling short.
2: Yeah, there, there's, there's huge gaps in our sector. Um, there's huge gaps in response, right? New Zealand's really only just started acknowledging that youth homelessness exists. Because um,
0: youth don't vote.
2: Right right, so um, yeah I started kickback at the beginning of this year looking at where are some of those gaps in in the sector for our young people and specifically something we've been really focused on is this emergency accommodation space right, like right now um, 16, 17 year olds are being pushed into these hotels no support and just it's traumatising, if they can, if they if can, they can get, get it, that. if they can get it and that's, you know, if they're lucky enough to get the advocacy and the support that they need, they end up in these hotels, they end up being harmed, traumatised, just going through terrible stuff. If they don't, they end up on the street, right? Or they end up in really unsafe and vulnerable spaces. So a Kickback, we're kind of looking at, well how do we redesign that service? How do we ensure that young people get the care, the support and love that they need when they're in that Dan, immediate moment
0: Dan, of need? What was what was your life like when you were 17?
1: I don't know, I just lived in a small town in New Zealand with my parents. Yeah. And um, I kind of at times wished I could have run away from home but I was too far out in the country to get anywhere yeah it blows my mind to think that there Can are kids that, young, being that
0: like 16 17
1: homeless oh, nowhere to go just traumatizing and like right? putting them in a, a hotel that sounds very temporary yeah
2: well it's oh. it, it's super temporary right so like one of the systems that exist is that often you're there for seven days and then you're You've got to be renewed every seven days, and then if that falls off, then you're moving to the next hotel. So a lot of our young people are moving fairly regularly, mm. which means they're always in this fight or flight survival mode. You know, I just mm. had some conversations with young people in hotels just this week, and they've talked about how traumatizing it is. How you know they're expected to get a job, they're expected to find a house, but they're just trying to fight the system every day just to keep the temporary yeah, space. Yeah. Um, Encouraging you in to
0: place.
1: be nomadic. <laughs>
2: right
0: yeah what's your advice to young people that are, out, that are out there that might be listening to this podcast and thinking fuck I don't know where to turn yeah who do I turn to where do I get help yeah
2: I mean there there is um, I mean this is the problem right there's, there's real gaps so one of the things we're trying to set up is, is to have like a centralised space you know we're calling it the front door a front mm-hmm. door space we're here right on K road any young person in the city could come 24 7 get support yeah. get the care that they need, but right now there's those gaps. I mean, if you're a young person and you're experiencing homelessness, you don't know where to go, um, you know, look for your local youth organisation, whether or it's youth service provider or whatever, and, and, you know, that's that's normally a good place to start,
1: but... And you're a young person, what, do you cease being a young person when you hit 18?
2: Well, no, no, so, like, often we talk about, I'm going to tell you, it's like 16 to 24, right, um, there's a real focus on that, like, 16, 17, 18, 19 period, because that's, that's quite... You know, there's a lot of vulnerability there, but but, even younger than that, we're seeing children on our streets, right? You know, 14-year-olds, 15-year-olds. You know, many of our young people we speak to, who we make get connected to around 16, 17, tell us that actually they start sleeping rough when they were 12 or 13. Mm. Like, it's horrendous.
0: Especially the girls, too, because the girls with a bit of makeup and a bit of, you know, bling, can quite easily look a lot older than they are.
2: mm yeah, I think we, we, one of the things we often see is that our, you know, and I'd love to see someone do some research on this, but kind of in my experience at least, it seems that a lot of our young Tani get kind of fast tracked into the prison system. Mm. So, um, But our young Wahine end up living rough, right, on the streets in really unsafe spaces, you know, kind of moving from couch to couch. Is this a predominantly brown issue? Yeah. Um, look, it, it it is an issue of failed systems. It's an issue of um, failure to really care for our young people well, um, and heartbreakingly, our our Māori whānau are disproportionately um, impacted in a lot of these statistics, right? Um, in in the services. Why is that? Look, I where, think,
0: where are our iwi? Why aren't our iwi on the street?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think there there's a whole variety of reasons. You know, when, when we look at it, I mean. We have to go back into the historical context in terms of colonisation and poverty, yeah. and you know those being like key key drivers mm. and all that sort of stuff. Um, there is a reality that one of the big drivers and pipelines into homelessness for young people is the care system. So we see a lot of young people who are taken from their far homes, uplifted, brought into care, transient for large periods of their lives, and then very quickly. Um, as they get 16 and 17 don't have stable accommodation to kind of go into and that leads accelerates like that, that
0: that two to four year period between sifs care and um, work and income is there's, there's a real kind of wasteland
2: there well I, I think even for, for me the the young people that I speak to you know we ask them this question when were you last house when was the last time you had a home and you felt like that was your place right and many of them will say look i've never had a home i've always experienced homelessness these are young people that are in the care of the state right the government is basically their parent they were brought into the care system. Due to their own trauma and harm, they've never been able to stay in one stable place and they've been transient their whole lives. Now, as they get up to 16, 17, they start living in hotels because there's nowhere else for them. And then, you know, they're on a pathway into independence. But, you know, f- actually for the, most of their teenage life, they've been transient. All what, their child what was your it. childhood like? Yeah, I grew up in um, a little sort of lifestyle broker, Riverhead, Coatsville. It was... Uh, used to be a little country town with my whānau, yeah. um, kind of quite a communal sort of space. So I had my grandparents, my uncles, aunties, cousins, all on the same property. And, you know, I mean, we had our challenges, but I think that that, that power of community, right, was really important. And, and again, like, when I look back on my life, um, probably our whānau was saved from homelessness due to whānau, right, due to having a space that we were able to go to when things got tough. Um, and that's, I think, sometimes when we're looking at homelessness as sort of, once again, another really interconnected issues, you know, that breakdown of community, that, that social exclusion that we see in some of our more impoverished communities, you know, um, puts people in that, that
1: space where, hey, they're only one step away from any ba- up on the street. So did the government kind of look at a young person and be like, uh, once you hit eighteen, you're no longer a child, and we don't have to provide all the support networks and stuff. And you just should be treated. Is that how they see the age difference, yeah, you know, between being an adult? Not exactly. There's, adult?
2: there's been, a, I mean, it used to be right. You come out of care and you're straight on. The, you know, there's nothing for you. There, there are some good services that have been kind of been put in place over the last sort of six or so years. You know, transition service now. So you know, when you you start to turn seventeen to eighteen. Um, the government has a service where you get a youth worker who can stay with you up to 21 and you can go back to you know, the state to, to get support up to 25. So if you do need some support around you know, rent or housing or what, whatever those things are, there's those options there. Now, one of the real key problems with this is that there is an adequate housing for those young people coming through that system. So they may have the social support, there's a youth worker who can support you, but when that young person's transient and they're moving up and down the country or around the city, it's really hard to, one, stay connected, get the support, but also still, you've you got nowhere to go. So we have about, it's about one in 10 young people who are leaving care or leaving the justice system who are experiencing homelessness, right? We've got about 5,000 young people transitioning out of care who are eligible for transition support. And there's about, I think, 150, 153 in the last count I heard. Like youth spaces funded by Tamburiki available to them across the country. So in terms of the need, we have a system here where we have a huge group of young people who really need support but we have not invested significantly enough to ensure that we have the resources to actually house and support them. So that's a is, fundamental problem. Is this problem.
0: just another deterioration of our like community groups? You know, neoliberalism attacked our social... Constructs. They mm. disseminated the unions. Mm. Neoliberalism has contributed to like the systematic deconstruction of our social networks. You know, mm. what I mean, I know when I was a kid, my aunt was just around the corner. Mm. I could always go to her house. I could always go to my grandparents' house. You know, is this? Are we seeing? Is this? just a symptom of the decay of society
2: yeah yeah there, you know what I
0: mean because my mum would love to look after mm. my children my my sister's children it's just not practical
2: yeah and, and this is you know so, so there's a fakaro that actually um, homelessness isn't a problem but um, a solution for a problem right that actually the real problem is that is, is our communities. There's a breakdown. Mm. There's a disconnection in our communities. Mm. And there was a time when we were a village and we cared for one another, right? So one of the projects that we're working on with Kickback is uh, a program with Mass Community Trust, right? A Partnership with Mass Community Trust. And we're looking at this, how do we actually empower our communities to be part yeah. of the solution? So we've got this project called the Safety Net Project. Safety Net Project's about empowering people who want to take someone into their home to support them to do that, right? And so we have young people that instead of going to a hotel will come and stay with whānau who have a spare room. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's, we're seeing some awesome results. We're seeing instead of young people going to hotels and being traumatized, you know, they're staying in stable environments, safe environments. They're there for like eight weeks tops rather than the six months to two years Look, that we're seeing I can, I can tell you great
0: that, results I can tell you now there has been times in my life where my extended family yeah. have been a huge help yeah. you know I've stayed with my grandparents for extended periods of time I've stayed with my aunt and uncle and my cousins and I you know I was just you know we're not a close family but mm-hmm. when we need well maybe we are maybe you know it's just we need our families
1: yeah
2: and we need you know uh, we talk a lot about hey government needs to do this and government needs to do that and government does like government has a
1: really important role but actually we as community we're the change man you you know know, we're the ones we're waiting for community is actually the secret word on this podcast We've been like talking about it. How every time we interview people, it always someone always brings it up. Community is the healing, right? You know, I've worked in
2: like a range of services across the city, and services have a role. But it's community that brings healing, right? And, and that's what we need to focus on: is how do we build, empower, we strengthen we build and communities? Impact. And actually, you know, like how services, do do I think I think we have a role in terms of facilitating community development. That's that's where the power is. You know, when when a young person is is connected, when you know they go down the road and they know the guy who's you know owns the dairy, and you know they they meet their uncle, you know, on the way. Yeah. You know, that's where we build community connection and healing and safety um and i think that's that's what we need to really focus on
0: i oh, totally totally on board with you yeah you know, i mean and like just recently a friend of mine um was talking about how they had to move and they were mm. worried about finding somewhere to, for their cat to live and i was like i'll take the cat mm. you know, that that's what we need you know it's just small acts of kindness mm can change
1: the world
2: oh, it's it's and at the root of community right is love right like I've
1: got this staccato love is the way I heard this theory from my my flatmate was saying actually you can bond yourself closer to people by asking for their help mm. so if you always seem really independent and you're you're always fine you don't need anything they're like that person's fine you know mm. but if you actually reach out so we need each other right yeah being nobody's hel- helping, fine all being being the time <laughs> speaking
0: of community tell me more about kick k-i-k is that yeah, a, yeah 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 kickback kickback
2: yeah I mean so if
0: people want to hear more about this where can they catch up about it
2: yeah I mean kickbacks on um, you can find us on facebook on instagram twitter you know normal places linkedin wherever and you are and what's the objective uh kickback is really about looking at well, how do we play our part in preventing and ending youth homelessness, right? And we're really focused on That's what you're all about, eh? Yeah yeah. 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 I mean if, How did you get started in that? Well, as a youth worker, you can only stay in the space so long and, and not too come old to care. well, and not come <laughs> across it, right? Like so since yeah. I started youth work and I started just volunteering in my local community, all of my young people you know, a huge proportion of them at least had some form of housing instability, something was going on and youth homelessness just seems to have been this Thing that has existed, and and I got to a point where I thought, man, all I'm doing is managing homelessness with these young people. Mm. How do we develop them? How do we grow them? How do we expect them to thrive? Yeah. Society wants them to go get a job and do this or do that, and has usually expectations on them. But the kids living on the street or in a car or on a hotel, like they've been dragged up. Not we can up. do exactly. We can do so much better, and it's and I think it's unjust and wrong that this exists. Like homelessness shouldn't exist in Aotearoa, and youth homelessness is just horrific. You know, it shouldn't be this way, and. And, and i think if we can focus on you know those who are m- the most structurally marginalized we're going to do so much more for everyone and so if we can design services that meet the needs of those who have been pushed right to the bottom and ensure that that doesn't happen anymore that's
1: going to yeah. serve all of us it's that metaphor if you want to get to the top of the mountain as a group you've got to make sure the people yeah. at the bottom of the group are being like yeah and our,
2: and our young people are being forgotten right there's a is a community of young people that are being forgotten in this country and the only time we remember them is when we throw stones at them in the headlines you know mm. this whole corridor, ram about ram <laughs> reading and youth crime and all that sort of stuff there's a huge group of those young people where housing insecurity and homelessness is the context that we won't talk about and we won't talk about how we traumatised those kids didn't give them their needs disconnected them from our communities and then just ignored them forever and actually what they need is their basic human rights care, love and support yeah. Uh, and that's what this is about. They're right? not
1: really ram-raiding for ice cream and cigarettes. No, bro, these kids
2: know. are traumatized, man. When you speak to them, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking what these children have gone through. And the judgment from adults who have never walked a day in their shoes. It, Man, we've got to do better. We've got to actually start listening to each other and understanding that actually there's a reason why these children are putting their lives at risk to do something incredibly stupid like driving into a building. Children don't just do that, you know. It's not normal. Mm. And these kids are hurt. And there's, mm. there's a reason why some of the abuse that these yeah, the children The solution have
1: gone is, is not like locking them up for it. It's stopping them from doing it in the first well, place. Yeah, you
2: take a traumatized child and you traumatize them further by putting them in an institution right. where they're going to get further harmed, and then they're going to come out the other side because they're all going to come out the other side, and then they're hardened criminals. And we thought, what went wrong? Well, we just kept doing the thing that we n- know wasn't going to work in the first place. We right? let them down.
0: We I did. mean, it's all very good to be hard on crime, and we're going to, you know, we're going to punish, you know, put bad people in jail but what are you doing to make sure that mum and dad can afford to put food on the table what are you doing to make sure that the kids are able to go to school what are you doing to make sure that they've got food in their stomachs Mm -hmm. what are you you doing to make sure I I get it, get hard on crime but what, what about the other end
2: I think one of the greatest hypocrisies we have in this country is we have so much compassion for children when they're abused and in care, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's this moral outrage that happens when that occurs, right, and rightfully so. But we forget that those children grow up to the teenagers we then want to lock up, and, and this disconnect between the ki- between the babies that we, we love and them. care we for, them. and and the teenagers they grow into, yeah.
1: is hurt just people, hurt people,
0: exactly yeah hurt people hurt people good good quite yeah. damn yeah so if you could like if you could sit here and talk to chris Luxon, mm. talk to you know the new coalition what would be the message you'd like to give them
2: yeah i think we need to do so much more by our people right we need to focus on what are the basics that we need as communities and as people to thrive and Mm. ensure that they have the resources and the care that they need. Rather than being really focused on these punitive measures we've discussed, you know, we need to look at actually why are our children doing what they're doing in the first place and then put appropriate interventions in place. Oh. And actually, if we want to solve a lot of these big social issues, it makes it, it looks like actually go really hard on poverty, ensuring that it, we have housing for people. You know, all those things, they seem really big. And yeah, they're big, but actually it's basic, not. right? You they're reshape the environment these, and we heal. Why is cover. it a big thing to t- t- expect? T- t- a basic level of
0: housing I know a basic know. level of income why does this seem like such a huge you know aspiration
2: uh, and you're right it shouldn't right it shouldn't it shouldn't be too much to ask that every child in this country grows up with a fill bully and a safe house with warm support and comfort I read in The
0: Herald a couple of years ago how about there's two brothers were sharing shoes to go to school wait
1: well, you go on Monday I'll go on Tuesday yeah Yes.
0: It's like what kind of a fucked up country are we living in, where kids don't even have shoes to go to school? Well,
1: yeah. s- speaking of community, I'm interested in your opinion on the police around this area and such, because the police logo is safer communities together. Mm. But every time I see them on K Road, they're always in an argument with someone, giving someone hell or whatever. It's like I never Not, see the police being like having a coffee and be like, "Yeah, you know what? It's pretty great."
0: You know, police yeah, police is a low industry. wage low skill job what we need to, we need to um, defund the police and we need to invest in police officers get their education up there because at the moment the police are dealing with issues that they're not trained for they're not equipped for they've been our mental health people are being dumped on top of them honestly it's a low wage Low skill job, hard job too, and it's a hard job. Yeah. And we need to like de- defund our police and invest in in police education and training. Apparently, when you apply for the police force, there's an exam you're expected to fail. Honestly. Police force... Well, they're
1: like... Sorry, you're too smart for the police. Yeah, you can't
0: be. <laughs> honestly, honestly. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, that point, though, about, you know, defunding the police, and it becomes a bit of a buzzword, but really what we're saying is, like, invest the right services in the right places right yeah. like the police will tell you themselves and uh, you know I have some good relationships with, with people on the police who, who uh, you know doing what they can in the space that they have but they're not mental health professionals no. right they're not youth development specialists no. they're not the people that should be picking up your 16 year old when they're actually in crisis and they just need love and support yeah and, and putting them in a back you know in the back of a police car like what we need to do is ensure we have those supports and we're actually building the infrastructure we need and in our we community. need to
0: support the police like, in areas in education that will actually benefit them, Mm. the people that they're dealing with in society what, in general.
2: One of my dreams here is, you know, this project I mentioned before called the Front Door where we have a space here in the city centre, right here on K Road, where if a young person is needing support, twenty four seven they can turn up there, they'll yeah. be safe, be right. able to put them in a space so they can get, you know, a safe night rest. That's what we and want. then we get them their support. And then through That's that we, we actually empower our community to also go and do that outreach. Go and connect before the police are getting involved. Let's connect with our young people, create that safety. Rather than leaving them out there on K Road by themselves until they're getting into trouble and and then they're getting picked up and being put in a prison cell. You know, there's so much more we can do as a community before we ever get to that point of needing the police.
1: Pathways instead of pipelines. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Look, it's been a great conversation, Aaron. I, I really love connecting with you again. Anyone that remembers K Road Chronicles series 2 will remember Aaron and all the good people that we interviewed and all the good work Aaron does. Aaron, um, people want to find out. More about the work you're doing, or support you. With, where can they go?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can find me on um, yeah all the social medias. AJ Hendry. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll put a link on our back. social yeah. media. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, follow along.
0: Dan, any last words of wisdom?
1: <laughs> this is a really bad question popped into my head. I'm just going to ask it. If you had to ram raid one place, what would you ram raid? <laughs>
0: yeah not that we support
1: (laughs) um I would ram raid my fridge
2: (laughs) because I'm really hungry
0: (laughs) alright it's been great remember our fifth our year anniversary is coming up and we're going to be doing Hmm? a live episode so stay tuned for that I haven't even quite got the dates ready for me thanks to our sponsors remember if you do like what we're doing support us on Patreon Support us on Buy Me a Coffee. There is the new Cairo <laughs> Chronicle out. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you to my co-host Dan. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you to all of my Thanks wonderful supporters. Yay. Oh no, too much. Let's no, stop it. Oh. How would you
2: fit all those people in here? Oh, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy. <laughs>
2: in the fridge.
0: Thank you. No, no, <laughs> sit down, sit down. Thank you very much.